All right, welcome in to the AI Podcast Now, week 72, at least 72 episodes of this bad boy. Uh, Austin Coates, live in Kansas City, Missouri, joined by Isaiah Sanders, who is in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, it is officially NFL game week. Isaiah, how are we feeling? Feeling great, you know, got got ready, a little college football as a teaser before the NFL, so watched quite a bit of uh, good college football this weekend, watched Colorado beat TCU, watched Florida State beat LSU, there was, there was some good games in this this uh, opening weekend. Yeah, I typically shy away from the first week of college football because there seems to be a lot of, uh, you know, Alabama's playing uh, schools that no one has heard of and just beating the ever-living tar out of them. Um, but you're right. A couple great games this weekend and we'll get to Colorado football a little later on in this thing. But, uh, before we start getting into the chiefs, uh, we wanted to go ahead and break down the, uh, NFC picture last week. We picked our AFC divisional winners. And so before the season gets started, not only today are we going to pick the NFC winners, but we're going to pick Super Bowl winners and uh, we'll see who's going to be right about this thing. We'll see if we have the same opinion. We actually haven't even talked about it. So uh, we will see by the end of this show where we both stand. So let's go ahead and start off in the NFC West. Um, this was a division last year that uh, early part of the season was dominated by the Seahawks and the resurgence of Geno Smith. And then late in the year after... Uh, after the replacement of the quarterback in San Francisco, Brock Purdy came on. Niners went 7-0. Niners end up winning the division. They make it to the NFC title game, and they basically play the second half of that game without a quarterback. Um, yep. <laughs> so this year, Isaiah, where do you see this division headed? A lot of the people, there hasn't been a lot of movement in the division, the Seahawks, they drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, but he is now injured um, with, I'm not really sure what his status is to start the season. So where do you see this division shaking up uh, from the top to the bottom? So starting at the top, I do have the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think this offense will be better um, in year two. Uh, You mentioned they drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba. They also drafted Zach Charbonnet. Out of UCLA, another running back, which people were shocked when they drafted another running back, seeing as how well Kenneth Walker did. But I think these two backs will really complement each other. And Pete Carroll loves to run the football. Um, and so they can back that up with play action. Geno Smith, excellent play action. And we saw him pick teams apart from the pocket even last year. And with the addition of Njigba, you know, they have Tyler Walker, they have DK Metcalf. So I think this offense has the chance to really be explosive. Um, the defense still has question marks. You know, you question the pass rush. Um, who's going to step up for them there? But uh, the secondary, you know, they drafted two rookie corners last year, and they played well. And then they you know, they go and get uh, Devon Witherspoon as well um, as a top-five pick. And so I think the secondary – will aid that pass rush, maybe give them some extra time to get home. Um, So I like the Seahawks to finish first. And the reason I don't have uh, the Niners first, because I think they do have the better overall team, is just the questions at quarterback. Like we watched Brock Purdy last year play seven games, um, played really well. But, I mean, he was the last pick in the draft for a reason. Like this is not a guy with elite arm talent. This is – not a guy uh, that's going to be, you know, a great playmaker outside of the pocket. He certainly is better at that than Jimmy Garoppolo, um, but that's not saying a whole lot. And, you know, they, they brought Sam Darnold in to be the number two quarterback, and, you know, Purdy's coming off a UCL injury, so I can't necessarily trust Purdy to stay healthy the entire season. It, it seems to be a theme um, with San Francisco that they can't have a healthy quarterback for the entire season. So if I know I'm getting like, you know, Purdy at 80 to 90% and possibly some Sam Darnold games in there, 
then I really think that that's what puts Seattle at number one. But I do have the Niners finishing second. And then it's no question that the Rams would have to finish third because the Cardinals might win two games this year. Uh, maybe. Um, the Rams are starting 30 rookies, or you know, not starting, but they have like 30 rookies My goodness. Uh, on their active roster, something ridiculous. And uh, they're still a better football team than the Arizona Cardinals are going to be. Um, obviously, the Cardinals, we don't even know. They cut Colt McCoy. They're bringing in Joshua Dobbs. They're saying they're going to start him or um, their other rookie quarterback, whose name is Clayton Toon from Houston. Um, so who knows? But, yeah, uh, it's clear to me that the Rams and Cardinals will be the third and fourth teams in that division. Yeah, it's uh, it's clear to me that the Cardinals have officially entered their name into the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, regardless of the fact that they just paid their quarterback um, ridiculous money for the production that they've gotten from him. Um, so, so needless to say, if they do finish one overall, which I think that they probably will, and they're going to finish last in this division, obviously, they're going to have to do something with Murray um, and so that'll be really interesting next season to see, but, um, you know, this is kind of weird. I have to agree with you in all aspects there of the NFC West. Uh, you say Pete Carroll loves to run the football and all I could think about in my head was except at the two yard line in the Super Bowl with Marshawn Lynch, except for the two yard line. um, but he does. And Kenneth Walker was outstanding last year. Of course, DK Metcalf is a mainstay. Geno Smith looking to continue the resurgence of his career. Um, and the Niners, I just, I agree with you. I mean, that type of an injury for a quarterback, um, you know, typically we see that in pitchers in baseball. And it is difficult to come back from without a significant recovery time of at least a year. And Brock Purdy tore his UCL in late January. um, And he is going to be back here next week. So um, we'll see. Um, But you're right. He was drafted very last in the draft for a reason. Maybe the Niners got themselves a franchise guy. Maybe not. We'll see. But that defense is certainly going to carry them um, as it has in several years past. So, Moving down now to what was arguably the worst division we have seen in quite some time in the NFC South. Um, it seemed like down to the very last week of the year last year, you didn't know who was going to win this thing. The Panthers found themselves being in contention somehow, you know, despite having like, a, you know, three game under 500 record. Eventually, Tom Brady somehow won the, div- the division. Um, and then they were bounced immediately in the playoffs. But this division is kind of wide open for anybody um, this year, I would say. Obviously, Brady is retired. There's new quarterbacks in the division in Bryce Young, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, and then I guess the Falcons are going to run out um, the guy that replaced Mariota last year, Ritter. Um, So where do you see with, I mean, quite literally – Four new starting quarterbacks in the division. How is this going to end up? So I think this will be um, starting first. This will t- the Saints will finish first in the division. Um, Derek Carr is by far the most experienced of the bunch. He's currently the best quarterback in that division. You know, uh, Chris Olave is an ascending wide receiver. Um, he's going to be awesome to watch this year. He was excellent as a rookie. Could have won rookie of the year over Garrett Wilson, but Garrett Wilson just edged him out there. Um, And the defense has always been excellent under Dennis Allen. And so I I would count on um, a good Saints defense. And that's going to be a lot for teams like the Buccaneers and the Panthers to handle. Um, Baker Mayfield does not respond well to pressure. Rookie quarterbacks tend to struggle with pressure. Um, Desmond Ritter, you know, he's a second-year player. So I would think that the Saints can get some wins um, within this division, possibly sweeping a couple of those teams, if not all of them. Um, so I have the Saints to finish first. Um, finishing second, I do have the Falcons um, with 
that offense. You know, they have Kyle Pitts, they have Drake London, they draft B. John Robinson in the top 10. So really all Ritter has to do is get his playmakers the ball. Um, you know, Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator with the Tennessee Titans that was built around a star running back and a play-action passing game. And I think he can implement the same kind of success here with B. John Robinson and with those weapons that they've drafted. Um, so I like the Falcons to finish second. Um, they've made improvements along the defense, brought in some veterans. So I like them to finish second overall. And then um, I'll take the Buccaneers, actually, to finish third. Um, I think their defense is still really good, even with Tom Brady retiring. Um, their defense is still top-notch. You know, they did not lose a bunch of guys on the defense. They do lose Brady, but um, on the offensive side, but that defense is still largely intact. I feel like the defense kind of carry this team um, to Baker have a, to have a few good games here and there. Cause I mean, he still does have Mike Evans still has Chris Godwin. So those are two dynamic receivers that can, Mike Evans can obviously go up and get it. And Chris Godwin is highly reliable over the middle. Um, so I like them to finish third. And then the Panthers have been a disaster in the preseason along the offensive line. And if they're not going to protect Bryce Young, that's going to be a huge problem. And they probably have one of the worst skill position groups with an aging Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, who's always hurt. You know, they have a rookie in Jonathan Mingo. We'll see what he can be. Um, but, you know, they traded away Christian McCaffrey. And so I think this Panthers team is a ways away from being competitive, which is unfortunate uh, considering they gave that the next year's pick to the Bears. So Bears might end up with a uh, top five pick potentially coming from Carolina. Yeah, and they, they traded DJ Moore too, uh, to the Bears. So not good for the Panthers. And, yep, I've got them in last place as well. I mean, it's never good when Adam Thielen, who is no longer what he once was, is your number one wide receiver. Um, <laughs> there's a reason why he's not a part of the Minnesota Vikings anymore. And uh, that's because I just don't think he's got it anymore. However, Isaiah, the Panthers do have a secret weapon. Amir Smith-Marset uh, <laughs> traded from the Chiefs after being their leading receiver in the preseason. Uh, to the Panthers, and he, you know, quite quite honestly, might see some time <laughs> playing he with could. this team. Yeah. Um. So good opportunity for him. But, um. Yes, I got the Panthers in last. Um. Again, I'm going to put the Bucks in third. Baker Mayfield is just to me not a starting quarterback in this league. I understand that he played for the um, Rams at the end of last year when they had nothing to play for and performed well, um, but it's a completely different animal for him when it comes to the regular season and when there's something to play for. I know he went to the playoffs with the Browns that one year, but aside from that, we have not really seen great things from him. Uh, coming in at number two, um, yeah, Falcons for sure, and this is strictly because of the quarterback situation. Derek Carr, you, you said it, experienced quarterback in this league. Um Chris Olave, yes. Uh, Kamara as well. And I believe they signed Kareem Hunt, did they not? Um, uh, Saints, I don't think he's been signed. He has not. I heard a rumor uh, that he might be signed by the Saints. but Oh, no, that, sorry. They have um, Jamal Williams from the Lions last year um, yep. to play in Kamara's absence, which he is on my Dynasty League team, so that's good for me. Um, but, yeah, I just think, you know, Carr is – far and away the best quarterback in this division. And as we know, teams with good quarterbacks typically win more games. Um, moving on to the NFC East. Last year, this was a crazy division. Um, the Eagles really kind of ran away with the thing, but it was close early on. Um, however, I will go first here. I'm saying the Eagles are going to win this thing again. Um, I just think that that defense, that pass rush is dominant. Um, I look for the offense to continue to put up points like they did in the prior year. Uh, and they drafted D-line in the first round out of Georgia. Um, just the rich get richer 
in that category. Uh, coming in at number two, I think I think I'm gonna have to go. Man, this is this is kind of tough. I'm gonna have to go with the Dallas Cowboys. I think coming in at number two. Although I am not a fan of Dak Prescott, um, I just I do not see it. He has not performed well when it mattered most. Um, Mike McCarthy, if he doesn't do something this year, is probably going to get himself fired. Uh, that's just my opinion. And at third, I think it'll be the Giants. Daniel Jones, of course, got that contract. Uh, they signed Saquon Barkley back on a one-year deal. Um, they also drafted a receiver, I believe, in the first round. Or am I wrong about that? Third, third round, Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt, yeah. Who's said to be very fast, but... Daniel Jones is your quarterback. I understand he played well last year under Brian Dayball. We'll see if he can do the same thing this year. They might make it to the playoffs and sneak in as a third team from that division, similar to last year. And then coming in at the bottom, despite their preseason performance, I've got the Washington Commanders uh, now under new ownership. And uh, Eric Bieniemy. I would call him the coach-in-waiting uh, because if things don't go well, Ron Rivera is gone and it's going to be the enemy show. And it's already rumored that the players don't like him very much. So the rumors that we were hearing <laughs> in Kansas city are relatively true, but he's just a very hard coach. Um, but he had that offense looking good early on in the preseason. Um, so we'll see if that will transition to the regular season. So I believe this might actually be the same order as last year, Philadelphia, Dallas, New York, and then Washington at the bottom. Yep, so I'm going to be slightly different here. I'm actually going to put the Dallas Cowboys <sighs> first in this division. <sighs> um, you know, the, the Cowboys, they go and trade for Brandon Cooks. They trade for Stephon Gilmore. Uh, they draft a nose tackle in the first round to help address the run defense. Um, I just think this Cowboys team has filled a lot of holes. Um, you know, Michael Gallup's one year healthier now after that injury. And so I like this offense to really take a step forward. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, they, they're going to stop giving carries. He's off the team now, so they don't have to worry about him stealing touches from Tony Pollard, a much more dynamic, explosive back. Um, Kellen Moore, obviously, they let him go. Um, he joined the Chargers. And I like this offense to be improved. And the defense is really what's going to carry this team um, with Micah Parsons, with – Trayvon Diggs, um, those two are, you know, create big plays. Trayvon Diggs picks the ball off Mike Parsons. He creates turnovers. He creates sacks, which sacks are notorious, drive enders. You know, they have Demarcus Lawrence on that defensive front. And so I really like this Cowboys team to come through and finish first. Um, Eagles, I had them finishing second. They lose both coordinators. That's why I can't put the Eagles first, even if, you know, this is an excellent roster. Like you said, they, ha they do have a dominant defensive line, you know, bringing in Jalen Carter. They also drafted Nolan Smith out of Georgia, another excellent player. Um, but they did lose. Um, Jonathan Gannon. Uh, uh, Jonathan Ga Gannon and Shane Steichen. Uh, they also lost that defensive tackle in free agency to the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, for, with those losses, I have them finishing second. And then I'm with you on the rest of the division. I have the Giants finishing third. I, I think they can be improved, but we might have seen some individual, you know, single-score game luck with the Giants last year. I think they're a really well-coached team. But I just think the ceiling – with Daniel Jones and, you know, they're pretty much relying on Darren Waller to be their number one option and he hasn't stayed healthy necessarily. No, no. So I wouldn't count on that. Um, and yeah, well, the commanders have a good defense. They're starting Sam Howell quarterback. So, you know, he was a rookie fifth round pick last year. You know, he saw one game of action last year. Terry McLaurin's dealing with turf toe right now. And yeah, uh, it's, it's an ownership change, which is a positive for them, but, um, I just don't see them being a complete team right now with Sam Howell, 
the running game is questionable to me. The offensive line is questionable. And so um, with those questions, yeah, I have the commanders finishing last. And then lastly, probably the most intriguing division for me, um, the AFC or uh, NFC North. And uh, drum roll, please. I believe that the Detroit Lions are going Whoa. to win this division. I just, I don't know what it is, man. I'm high on the Lions still from last year. I guess uh, maybe I'll rethink that depending on how they play on Thursday night against the Chiefs, which we'll get to later. But they lost Jamal Williams. Um, however, Amon Ross St. Brown, they've got him. Um, they also drafted the running back from Alabama, um, Amir Gibbs. Gibbs. Amir Gibbs, that's yeah. what it is. Um, Jameson Williams hopefully will play this year. Of course, he was stupid and gambled and is suspended for the first six games, but they've got a solid roster now. The Their, their thing is, can they outscore the other team because they are not great on defense. They signed C.J. Gardner-Webb, I believe, um and Gardner Johnson Gardner Johnson yes and uh, I think Gardner Webb's actually at college um but anyway he tears his ACL he's done for the year already um so that was a big signing for them on defense they do have Aiden Hutchinson um coming off the edge you know I just don't know if they're going to be able to stop a lot of people but I know that they can put up points um, so I think that that's where, how they're going to win this division coming at number two. Uh, I think this is a regression year for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think the two and the three will be very close in this regard. Uh, the Vikings flopped in the playoffs, um, big time. They should have won that game after the regular season they had. They honestly should have ended up playing the Eagles in the NFC title game. Um, but I just think that. They're due to regress, um, given their circumstances. Coming at number three, I'm going to take the Chicago Bears. Um, I think Justin Fields has shown some flashes of what he can be, um, but people that are ready to anoint him as one of the best running, throwing quarterbacks of all time have lost their mind. Um, he has played a fraction of the time as some of those other quarterbacks. And while, yes, we have seen him be dynamic in that time, the team has not performed well at all. He's about the only reason to watch the Bears play. The defense was not good last year. But I think they're building on fields and his talent and skills and ability, and I think that they can finish third in this division and uh, maybe surprise some people and maybe finish second. I wouldn't rule it out. But coming in last, and simply because we don't know what we're going to get from Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. We saw him play that one game in Kansas City, um, and it was not good. But the Chiefs did not play great either in that game, so it was a close game. But I just, we don't know what we're going to get. Jordan Love was drafted like five years ago at this point. Um, Three years ago. (laughs) It has felt like five years. But... um, so I just don't know what to expect. So I'm going to have the Packers down there at the cellar. Well, this will make for an interesting year then because finishing first in this division, I have the Green Bay oh. Packers. <laughs> um, the Packers have done it again, folks. They successfully passed the torch from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my god! And now they're passing that torch from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. Um Packers are just going to torture Bears fans in the NFC North with good quarterback play for another, you know, 15 years. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be Favre or Rodgers, um, but I think he can do enough. Uh, you know, he's had three years to learn under Aaron Rodgers, three years to develop, and so I think those will those will we'll look back and so the, those were formative times for Jordan Love, um, quarterback coming out of Utah State. And, yeah, I like this team. I like that that defense famously filled with first-round picks. Um, You know, they they draft two tight ends this year. 
to help out Jordan Love. They drafted and they drafted a receiver. You know, they were aggressive in bringing in offensive help, something they were not doing while Aaron Rodgers was quarterback. And so I like uh, Christian Watson to improve in year two. A guy I was not huge on. He's certainly outplayed the player I thought he could be. Um, I think I was going to protest the Chiefs if they drafted Christian Watson, if I remember correctly. Um, but he's proven to be a solid player, um, even of his designer plays that are getting him the ball. Um, so I like the Packers to finish first. Um, finishing second, I have the, the Minnesota Vikings. Oh. Uh, the Vikings, you know, they bring in Jordan Addison. Um, to replace Adam Thielen, who I think Addison will be a better receiver than Thielen was. Um, they have another year now with TJ Hawkinson in the offense, who they brought in midseason last year. Uh, they bring in Brian Flores as the defensive coordinator. I wouldn't be shocked if the Vikings uh, won this division again, honestly. I think this team can be better than last year's team. Um, yes, their record was outstanding last year, but a lot of that was you know luck in single-score games. So even if the record might not be as good. I think it'll be a better overall team. Um, third, I have the Detroit Lions. Um, I like, I love what the offense can do. Um, there is a ceiling, though, with Jared Goff, so we'll see if Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, can continue um, creating that same explosive explosiveness with David Montgomery, with Jameer Gibbs, with Amandra St. Brown. Uh, we'll see if Jameson Williams is anything, because last year, um, even when he did play, he didn't do much, and now he's suspended for the first six games. So we'll see, and I just I can't trust that defense. That's why I have them third. And then the Bears, that roster still has a ways to go, even with spending some big money in free agency on some linebackers. Uh, they still don't have much of a pass rush. You know, They brought in Yannick Ngagwe, who's on like his fifth team in four years. So... Um, I don't know how they're going to generate a pass rush. Uh, obviously, bringing in DJ Moore will be a huge addition to the offense. But if they can't stop anybody, it's going to be difficult. Um, so, yeah, I have the Bears finishing last. Well, you know what? If you're so confident in the Green Bay Packers, why don't you hop over to DraftKings right now where they are plus 400 to win the division. And you'll plus find some 12. good value there. Um, I encourage you, really. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how it goes down this year. Certainly a make-or-break year for the Packers organization with the quarterback. Um, now let's transition here. It is officially our first game week for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we're recording here on Monday night. They play in three nights from now. Uh, we will be all tuned in to see the Chiefs playing the Lions. And I got to say, Isaiah, based on the results of last year, I think this game is going to be much closer than people are thinking, simply because what have we been talking about this summer? Chris Jones not being present. Chris Jones is not going to play. However, uh, LeJarius Sneed will play in this game. So what do you think that the Lions... Let me put it this way. The Lions drafted Jameer Gibbs. They've said that they're going to, quote, use him in ways that we that no one is expecting Hess to use him. Um, so how do you see the Lions offense attacking a defense that is without its primary pass rusher? Well, I imagine they're going to uh, run the ball very effectively. Um, famously, the past few years, the Chiefs have not been great against the run. Yep. And with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, I imagine they'll be able to create some explosive plays in the run. And when you do that, you can successfully set up play action um, to get shots down the field. And so I like the Lions to kind of pound away in the run game and then get Jared Goff hitting, you know, a deep crosser or a deep post um, to guys like Monroe St. Brown. Don't be surprised if you see Jameer Gibbs line up out of the backfield um, and to see if the Chiefs will put a linebacker on him or to see if they'll put a defense back on him. I imagine if it's a linebacker, you know, they might split him out wide and have him run a vertical. Um, they could put him in the slot, have him run a choice route, 
the choice route. Basically, quarterback and the receiver both read the defense. You know, if you're playing inside leverage, the receiver will go out, that type of thing. Um, or vice versa. Outside leverage, the receiver will go in. And so just a communication thing between um, Goff and um, Jamar Gibbs there. Uh, you know, Sam Laporta, excellent tight end out of Iowa. Don't be surprised if he contributes a lot in the passing game right away. Um, but, yeah, I really expect them, especially this is a great Lions offensive line, so I expect them to be able to run the ball and probably try and limit the amount of possessions that Patrick Mahomes gets in this game. Yeah, that's something that we've seen teams do a lot in the Patrick Mahomes era. Keep him off the field as much as possible, and you're giving yourself a good chance to win as long as you put points on the board. Um, now let's flip the script and talk about the Chiefs' offense. Kadarius Tony is said to play in this game. Um, you know, this is a new look, quote unquote, Chiefs' offense. And I say that because of the receivers. So no Juju. Juju is in New England. We've got Sky Moore. We've got Rasheed Rice. We've got MVS. You know, these guys. We've also got Tony as well. I think that we're going to see this offense pick up relatively close to where they left off um, with, of course, Travis Kelsey being the main option. Um, but I'm really looking this year, but I'm not counting on it, for Kadarius Tony to be more of an impact player. Everything that we know about Tony has said that he's probably going to play eight to nine <coughs> games this year and be injured for the rest of them. Um, his health, while not vital to this team, is very important to this team. Um, they need a guy like him on the outside who can just straight up dust people. Um, and I look for him to make an impact in this game. That Lions defense is not good. Um, <laughs> they were not good last year. I don't think they're going to be good this year, as you alluded to. Uh, I think this is going to be a shootout, to be honest with you. Um, maybe both teams cracking 30 points. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the Chiefs offense against this Lions defense? Yeah, so we're debuting two new tackles in Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor, so that'll be interesting to see how they match up against a guy like Aiden Hutchinson. Um, but, you know, Andy Reid uh, in an openers or off by has been excellent in years past. We saw them dismantle the Cardinals last year, which seeing how the Cardinals finish wasn't great, but they did have Kyler at the time. That's true. Um, so I expect to see a lot of creativity to see some new things that maybe we didn't see last year from this offense, you know, creative ways to use Kadarius Tony, assuming he's healthy. Uh, I think Sky Moore is going to take a step forward in this offense. So see some additional things from him, you know, maybe we'll see a deep over like we saw all the time with Tyreek Hill out of Sky Moore. You know, one of the reasons we drafted Sky was his speed. And so I would not be surprised to see him used in a similar way there. Um, and then, of course, Travis Kelsey is going to be featured. I don't think they have anybody on that defense that can tr cover Travis. And so I would expect a big game out of Travis Kelsey. Um, and on the defensive side, um, I would not be surprised if we see Spags very aggressive, especially without Chris Jones. Um, I'd expect a lot of pressure early and often coming at Jared Goff. We know this is something he struggled with in the Super Bowl against the Patriots uh, when he was playing for the Rams. And so I would not be surprised at all if, you know, Spags is sending five or more like 60% of the time in this game. He's not going to give Jared Goff easy looks. Um, this could mean some, some big runs or some big plays if the Lions scheme it up right, but could also result in a turnover or a big sack. Yeah, and let's not forget that this is the first time that Chiefs fans will properly be able to celebrate a Super Bowl win. Um, as the last time they won the Super Bowl, it was the COVID season, and I think about 20,000 people were let into the stadium for that home opener against the Texans. So Arrowhead's going to be rocking uh, with all its might. And uh, my cousin, who is a devout Lions fan, 
his whole wife will be in attendance. Um, he, however, will be $1,400 lighter as he paid for two tickets for him and his wife to go. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, he is sitting very close to the field because it was 400 bucks a piece to sit in the nosebleeds, so uh, you might as well. So best of luck to the Lions, and I just pray to God that the Chiefs don't lose to them because my life will be miserable uh, if that happens. But we'll get to the official picks later on. For now, it's time to bring back the picks of the week. So every week we take three or four games, we talk about them, we talk about who's going to win them. So let's start with this one here. We've got one pretty much for every time slot. Uh, Sunday noon, the 49ers travel to Heinz Field to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I may have mistakenly said earlier that Brock Purdy is going to play. I, I now am second-guessing myself um, about that. Do you know if he's playing or is it Sam Darnold? I- I'm pretty sure he's slotted to start. They've declared that he's healthy. He's been practicing uh, with the first team, and Kyle Shanahan said he's the quarterback. So Okay. Okay, well, this is going to be easy for me. Um, I think the Steelers <laughs> are going to win this game, and here's why. Two years ago, the Steelers opened up the season on the road against the Buffalo Bills, who had just previously made it to an AFC title game, and they promptly beat them. Last year, the, the uh, Steelers hosted the Cincinnati Bengals to open the season, and they beat them. Um, all because of the defense in both occasions. I think the Steelers' defense is for real. TJ Watt is back. They got Minka Fitzpatrick, a couple other pieces there in the secondary, and what have we talked about over and over and over again? Mike Tomlin. Um, I just think the Steelers' defense is going to control this game. However, 49ers got a great defense in their own right, but I like the home field advantage here with the Steelers. I couldn't have said it better myself. You took my exact talking Uh. points. (laughs) Um, So I'm right there with you. I have the Steelers winning this game. Um, You know, Kenny Pickett to George Pickens, I think is going to be explosive this year. I think Jalen Warren, uh, their second string tailback, is going to play a huge role in this offense. I'm just not huge on Najee Harris. Um, but, yeah, I think Pittsburgh can take advantage of uh, San Francisco's offensive line outside of Trent Williams. And so I like the Steelers at home. All right, 325 time slot. We got the Dolphins and the Chargers. Uh, last year, I do believe this was a San Diego, or excuse me, L.A. victory, uh, if I do recall. Uh, how do you see this playing out to uh, kind of making his return to start for the Dolphins? Yeah, so uh, Miami will be without Jalen Ramsey in this game um, as he's hurt coming into the regular season. And so I like Los Angeles in this matchup. Um, you know, Los Angeles here at home, not that home field advantage is a thing for the Chargers. Um but I, I love Justin Herbert. I think he's the better quarterback. And, you know, while L.A. is healthy, they're the better team. Now, if this game happened five weeks from now, who knows if Mike Williams or Keenan Allen could even be playing in this game. Yep. Who knows if Joey Bosa would be healthy. Uh, but all those guys are healthy right now, so they have the better football team. And so I will take them to beat the Dolphins. They had an excellent game plan last year against Miami, kind of shut down. Mike McDaniel's offense. Um, Brandon Staley did an excellent job in that game. And so I think they can come with a similar plan to slow Miami down and take home the victory. Uh, Yeah, I'm also going to go Chargers here. Just so much is uncertain about Tua. He beefed up a little this year. We'll see if he can still perform the same way. Uh, You mentioned it. The Chargers are best at the beginning of the season when everyone's healthy. It's it's really once the season gets started that people start dropping like flies. Uh, but I'll take the Chargers here. Big AFC matchup to open the season uh, with some major implications down the road. Then Monday night, another huge, not only a AFC matchup, but in the AFC East, we have the Bills headed to the Meadowlands to face Aaron Rodgers in his debut as a New York Jet. Who do you like here? 
Um, I will take Aaron Rodgers at Ooh. home. His first first game as a New York Jet, and uh, I just think that so, that'll be special to him. And so I think we'll see one of Rodgers' best performances of, of the year. Um, him to Garrett Wilson could be a special thing uh, throughout this 2023 season. I'm excited to watch that connection. This defense is excellent. Um, and like you mentioned a couple of years ago, Buffalo had a t- <laughs> excuse me had a tough time um, against a Steeler defense, and New York has an excellent defense. So I think they can slow down Buffalo. You know, they drafted Dalton Kincaid. Tight ends historically have a tough time um, in their rookie year. Even though I like Kincaid to have an impact in the passing game, I don't know how much this team will be able to run the ball outside of Josh Allen, even with James Cook. Um, and so I, I like Aaron Rodgers and the Jets to start the year 1-0. and Apologies to those listening. Uh, I was unable to get to the mute button <laughs> quick enough there, so you're going to hear a, a sneeze from Isaiah, but I agree. Um, I was going to take the Bills just for argument's sake, but... Uh, they've had some troubles this offseason internally. Um, I think we're going to start to see some of that transition and translate to their play on the field, especially the offense. Leslie Frazier not playing, or excuse me, not coaching this year on that on the defensive side of the ball. So new coordinator there. Von Miller likely not healthy enough to play here at the beginning. Um, and, yeah, we're just seeing a different Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's more loose. He's more free. And I think the Jets are going to win this game. So before we get to the return of Survivor pick, Super Bowl picks. Um, so here we go. Uh, Isaiah, I, I try to look at this as objectively as possible, you know, free of bias, truly looking at the matchups at hand. And I'm sorry, I just I cannot see anyone. <laughs> But the Kansas City Chiefs representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. They have just proven it to me too many times when I think that they can't do it, that they, in fact, can do it. Um, now, we'll see how it plays out with Chris Jones. Uh, we'll see how the health of their players play out. And, you know, visit me in eight weeks and see what I think, because um, I'll likely give you a different answer. But I think the Chiefs are going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And... Um, you know, Isaiah, for the first time since, I believe, the early 1990s, I think we're going to see a rematch in the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Uh, oh, wow. Last rematch, I believe, was Bills and Cowboys, uh, and the Cowboys waxed the Bills two times. Um, and you know what? I think the result will be the same. I think the Chiefs are going to beat the Eagles in Super Bowl 58 or whatever we're in now. Um, I just think, I mean, man, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have got it right now. And uh, I just can't see it playing out any other way at this point in the season. Well, I hate to do this. Oh, boy. Here Um, we go. But I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens um, over – the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Um, Lamar Jackson, and Lamar has the best weapons he's had his entire time there in Baltimore. We saw him put up an MVP season. He has a new offensive coordinator. Um, John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches. Um, And, yeah, I just love what Baltimore did this offseason after the whole Lamar contract fiasco, that is, um, you know, but bringing in Odell Beckham, bringing in Zay Flowers, having a healthy Rashad Bateman, hopefully, having Mark Andrews, um, you know, hopefully Marlon Humphrey will be back healthy for that defense sometime soon. And so, yeah, I like Baltimore to pull it off. And then on the NFC side, I talked about it already with Dallas. Uh, I feel like they addressed all their major holes on that team. Um, They have one of the best offensive lines in football. And so 
I like Dallas to ride that all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, but then Lamar Jackson will prove to be too much and um, show that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. ESPN and national media would lose their ever loving minds. If the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> made it to the Super Bowl. it would be unbearable. Um, which by the way, if you want to parlay the green Bay Packers winning their division and the plus 2200 odds of the Baltimore Ravens winning the Super Bowl, feel free to do so. I mean, you could probably yeah. make a lot of money, but I mean, it's, I can't really dispute your thinking there with the weapons that Lamar has. Uh, I think it is going to be a different Ravens team than what we've seen in the past couple of years. As long as he stays healthy and as long that's, as that's key. I, mean, I guess you could say that about any quarterback that's important to their team. Um, as long as some of those positional players stay healthy as well. But now it is time for the return of the survivor pick. And um, so this is how it works, everybody. We get one pick every single week. And once we pick that team, we can no longer pick that team in the future. If that team wins, we're good to go. If they lose in the week that we pick them, we get a strike against us. You get two strikes total, and you're out. Done for the year. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me allow me to refresh you. Refresh your memory about last year's standings. Um, Isaiah was done before, you know, half mark of the season. <laughs> he made it through week four, got out in week five. I made it through week nine, got out in week ten. So with that being said, Isaiah, who is going to be your week one pick? I'll try and not lose a strike in week one like I did last year. Uh, um, I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons at home against the Carolina Panthers. Um, I mentioned Panthers likely to finish last in their division. I like the Falcons to get uh, the opener there at home. Pretty safe pick, uh, I would say. And I'm going to be a little risky here. Just a little bit. Um, give me the Washington Commanders against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Commanders are opening up at home. You mentioned it earlier. Good defense by them. We don't even know who's going to be the quarterback for the Cardinals. Josh Dobbs or uh, that other guy, Clayton Toon or whatever his name is. Uh, that team is a bag of bones is what they are. They are bare bones in the skill level department, actively tanking for sure um, under the guise of actually competing. But give me the commanders. You know, I did not pick the commanders last year. Um, so I hope they don't do me wrong here. So I've got the commanders. Isaiah has got the Falcons. Join us back next week for that. And we will see uh, how things go for us. So, uh, without further ado, it is now time to get to the Chiefs pick. And um, Isaiah, hopefully we're like-minded in this in this here, at least. We were not in the Super Bowl uh, pick. However, I just think that the energy in Arrowhead Stadium is going to be a lot to deal with for the opposing team. Um and I think the Chiefs have still got that chip on their shoulder. You know, we've still heard some people chirping about the Bengals and the Bills and, you know, whatever. And they've certainly heard you chirping about the Ravens. Um, I just think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Give it, like, 35 to 28 uh, is what I think the uh, final score is going to be. I like it. Um, I do have the Chiefs winning this game as well. Um, I'll take the Chiefs 42-36. Oof. Big high-scoring game. Uh, I will be sweating it out <laughs> if it is that close down the stretch. And we're talking about a four-hour game on a Thursday night. Uh, getting over maybe in the wee hours of Friday. Uh, but there you have it. We got the Chiefs winning week one. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But now it is time for the final play. 
Isaiah, long episode today, but well done. Uh, we got everything covered. And uh, it's time for the final play. I said we were going to address Colorado football uh, earlier in the show, and uh, we're going to do it now. Uh, the Colorado Buffalo football program last year was 1-11. Uh, they made the decision to hire Deion Sanders as their head coach from Jacksonville State. Of course, Deion Sanders, dual athlete, played in the NFL and MLB. Um they lost well over half their roster after Dion got there. And uh, that team is consisting of guys from Jacksonville State uh, and a bunch of transfer portal guys right now. And uh, they went into Fort Worth this weekend and they laid it on the team that played in the national championship game last year, the TCU Horned Frogs. And I say probably the most impressive thing, well, two impressive things here. One, Shadur Sanders, uh, Deion Sanders' son, threw for half a thousand yards in this game. Um, and the other was uh, that wide receiver, what was his name? Travis? Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter. Yes. 11 catches for over 100 yards. And then he flipped around on defense and had an interception. Uh, so great athletic ability by him. Colorado had five receivers, four or five receivers with a hundred yards in this game, just incredible. Um, and I think we're going to see something out of them. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, but I think they're going to be ranked. They, they might be able to compete in the pac 12, but go ahead and get your bets in over on a fan duel or whatever, you know, negative three, uh, minus three Colorado against Nebraska. Uh, cause I think they're winning that one. We're out of here. <laughs>